Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, May 22nd. Got the varsity in on a weekend. I don't know how we did this. Uh, I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. Julie Dolan, you emailed me a couple of days ago that, like, who's in for Sunday? We've had trouble the last, you know, month or two on the weekends getting teams together. But uh, here you are. You're here in Dallas, Texas on a Sunday on the show. Fired up and ready to go, Liz. Yes, <laughs> reporting for duty. And and Leon Dolan in Pasadena, California. Um, delightful. You're testing out your new mic. You've had some mic issues the past few shows. Yes, I am, Liz. So let me know if it's too good. Okay. <laughs> because my husband very helpfully threw away the user's manual for me. You know, he likes to organize my work stuff. So just to toss the things that I actually use and leave the things that I don't need around. So, oh, okay. So I'm looking stuff up. I had to watch like YouTube videos this morning and things like that to set the settings on my new microphone. But I think I'm good. But if you hear me messing around, it's because I figured out something new on my microphone. <laughs> so I'm trying. Okay. I'm All trying. Right. Well, I was thinking of both of you guys this weekend. I saw, yesterday, I looked at the front page of the New York Times. And, you know, I know it gets very hot where you are, Julie, during the summer and where you mm-hmm. are, Leah. Not so much me by the beach. But did you see that it was like 123.8 degrees yesterday in New Delhi? Like, can yes, you, I really? Oh, my God. I, I, I noted that, Liz. Yeah, yeah, this is their hot season, but it's breaking all kinds of yeah. records. But, yeah. Thursday, Leanne, was believed to have been India's hottest day, breaking a 60-year record. And they're also oh in the midst gosh. of a major drought. So, yeah. So, I don't know. That's uh, It's nice to be here by the Pacific with the little breeze. Uh, we have all kinds of news today uh, on Satellite Sisters. This is in my world because I work at a television network. This is like the couple of weeks where everything happens, where like everybody decides what are they going to put on the air next year? What are they canceling? What are they adding? Who's starring? Who's that? And so I have a little bit of a, a, a report on what it's been. You know, I am very marginal in this whole process. Very, I make a peripheral um, contribution to any of the decision making. But I've seen the stuff on the new shows. I've seen a couple of the new pilots. I particularly have one new pilot that I want to bring to your attention, sister. Oh, so good. we will we will talk about that. Uh Julie, you're covering the movie front? Yes. I, I saw a movie. Uh it was so bad I had to watch another movie to get it out of my mind. And I'm gonna tell you about that. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, that's important to just wipe it out of your mind. Um, Leon, I understand because you are the expert in gap years, your son having very successfully made use of a a year between uh, high school and college. You have advice for Malia Obama. Yeah, I'm sure she's really having a hard time coming up with opportunities on her own. So uh, she's pretty sheltered. So I saw I saw something, an article in Sunset Magazine. and I thought I honestly did. This would be great for Malia. I mean, what? 
You should send it to her, Lynn. Just cut it out. Just address it. The White House. Send it to Michelle and let Michelle sort of right. slide it to her over the breakfast table or something. You know, because the uh, yeah, you're right. I'm sure there are no discussions and no, and no opportunities. Uh, and then Julie, you wanted to talk. There was a story in the paper today about how to call off a wedding. I didn't realize there's a protocol about how to do that. Yes, Liz. Well, there's a lot involved when you decide not to go through with it. And uh, there was an interesting article in the New York Times style section. So we're going to talk about that. Okay. And Leanne, commencement week commences for you. It is. This is it. My second son is graduating from high school. So I've Mm. already had some moments, Liz, and there will be. (laughs) I can can hear it in your voice, Leanne. You're already choked up, right? I know. I know. I know. Well, it's big. Little it's Colin. Big, very big. Um, you know, he was so little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, breaking TV news. I like, I'll just get, gonna give you some from my uh, tiny little corner of the TV industry, what went on this week. And, but this coming week is the best week of the year if you're me and my colleagues. And here's why. The way the TV business works, uh, picking up new shows that mainly come in the fall but then get cycled in all during the year, is that the studios make all the pilots. And then like two weeks ago, the networks decide which of those pilots they're actually buying. And then early this week, the networks announce what they're actually putting on their network. So that would be ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, and the CW, the broadcast networks. And then once everybody decides what they're making and what they're putting on the air in the United States, then they show all the pilots to those of us who are in international television, which is what I do. So we get to sit around for the next week and watch all of the pilots from all of the broadcast networks in the United States. So for the next like seven days, I do nothing but watch TV. <laughs> that is that awesome. sounds fun, but is it hard? Is it hard to like pay attention to all those different shows? I no, mean, no, 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 because no. I don't have to make any decisions, Julie. See, I'm just okay. the, the programmers who actually have to decide what to buy and what not to buy. Um, it's probably hard for them. Uh, but for the marketeers like myself, we don't really kick in so much until the programmers start to put together their short lists. And then occasionally, you know, they'll ask for our advice or our thoughts about this show versus that show, or if there's something we think is wildly more marketable or wildly unmarketable, we can kind of volunteer that information. But no, mainly it's just watching TV. Just, uh, yeah. And <laughs> But do you get to do this at home, or do you have to go and sit on a big couch with a bunch oh, of other people? No, or... you, go, you go to each of the studios, Julie, and they wine and dine you. Uh, so this, let's say, so Monday, for instance. Monday, I am going to Paramount Studios uh, in, here in Hollywood, which is a beautiful studio. And uh, we will see all of the pilots that... Uh, from CBS and Showtime, because that's all the same company. Um, So they will show us the various shows. Then they put on these big lunches on their lawns, and all of the actors and the showrunners in the shows kind of mill around. (laughs) They want to meet you, which I always think is so awkward. Like, I really have nothing to say to 
any actors in any of the, I just, I don't know what to say. Uh, but anyway, but so you do that. And then, you know, at, uh, at Paramount, they always have the in and out burger truck. So everyone from around the world loves the in and out burger, you know, it's that. And then you do the same thing Tuesday at Warner brothers and Wednesday at NBC. So it's fun. It is really fun. And you get to hang out with all of your colleagues who you never get to see because we're all in different countries. So you're kind of all moving around together as a pack, watching TV, and your chances are you're in the sort of glamorous big theaters or screening rooms that are in each of these studios. So super comfy chairs, you know, yeah, really nice. Uh, air conditioning, chairs, uh, good lunch, good snacks. So so that's that's the TV business for the next week. But on on Friday... The studio where I work at 20th Century Fox, we saw all of the all of the pilots from 20th Century Fox, and uh, and, and there were some good ones. There were actually quite a few good ones, but there was one in particular I wanted to mention because I thought it would be interesting, particularly interesting to the Satellite Sisterhood, and it is a show called Pitch, and I don't know if you've read anything about this and. I had read a little what they call the log line, right? Liam, do you want to explain what the log line is as a Yeah, it's one sentence where you try to sum up the entire concept of the show. Yeah. And it's really, really important yeah. in T V development. I mean you have to absolutely get it right. Yes. So you spend a lot of time working on a single sentence to sum up a television show you hope can go 100 episodes. Yes. So, so that's, yeah. Because really pretty much people have short attention spans and after one sentence, they're drifting off. They're, they're drifting off. So, I, oh, I should have the exact log line for this show. But anyway, the gist of this, it's called Pitch. It's about the first woman to pitch in Major League Baseball. So it is said. Oh, oh, not oh, that's so not what I thought at all. Yeah. Okay, no, it's about baseball, and uh, and it's so it's about the first woman to pitch in Major League Baseball. So it's set as if it's like this is something I, they say in the show. This is like on the verge, like this could happen at any time soon. And it's the in this particular show, it's the San Diego uh, Padres. Um, who call up a uh, a woman from their minor leagues, and the uh, actress her name is Kylie Banbury. She's awesome. Anyway, I had I had a lot of fear about this show because it mm-hmm. seemed like such a gimmick, and that it couldn't possibly be as you know as thoughtful as the premise suggested. Because it is kind of an interesting premise, you know. Right. Like, could that ever happen? And if it did, what would that be like? Anyway, the show, I found it very emotional. <laughs> and I, I really liked Good. it a lot. So this Kylie Banbury is great. Uh, here's her thing. You know, she's a pitcher. Obviously, that's why it's called Pitch. Uh, she's a pitcher. And, you know, it's hard to imagine that, uh, that a woman could ever throw as hard or as fast as a man. Just as, as they say at the beginning of the pilot, just biology dictates that that's probably not going to happen. So she has a screwball. That's her thing. She okay. Just, her father, so she could come in as like a relief pitcher. She she's wouldn't no, have to She's be- a starter, Julie. She's a starter. She's a starter. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's a starter. And okay. uh, so it's uh, – uh, and the, the manager or the general manager of the team is Mr. Kelly Ripa, Mark Consuelos. 
<laughs> oh, wow. I yeah. love him. Yeah. And he's, he's my Facebook friend. He's my Facebook oh, friend. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, my actual Facebook friend. He's good in this. And, <laughs> you know, you get a lot of, like, the locker room stuff that you would naturally get, you know, if you were a woman entering an all-male professional sport. They have to tone it down a little bit because it's broadcast television. But anyway, the, the whole thing, I think, is surprisingly well handled. And I found, like, the first time she walks out onto the mound... I actually teared up sitting in the theater. <laughs> I, I found wow. It, yes. I found this very emotional. And, uh, and is it also, a drama or a It's sitcom? a drama. No, it's a oh, drama. Okay. And it's, but there are times when it's very funny, you know, because you get a lot of baseball banter. So it's very cleverly written. Um, the, uh, I liked it a lot. And apparently I am not alone because when Fox announced this at the end of last week, it was what they call a mid-season replacement, which meant it was going to come in after the Super Bowl in February. But so many people liked it so much that they have now moved it up to the fall so that it can be on during baseball season, which, can I just say, as a marketer, that seems like a good call. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Fox carries a lot of Major League Baseball. So the fact that you would have this drama about baseball on the air during the postseason baseball, there are a lot of real sportscasters in there. Joe Buck is in there. You know, people you would recognize from watching mm-hmm. baseball on television. Um, anyway, I really got to say, you should... Give the give this show a try. Now, my worry was, like, what do you do after the first episode, right? Like, the, it felt like might be a good TV movie, but everybody always asks in the business, like, where do you take this over the course of the season? Can it go 100 episodes? Yes, Is exactly. The, that's the magic number because that's the syndication number, but that's the that's what the premise has to be tested for 100 episodes. Yes. Yeah. So, so we shall see. I have no idea. One funny thing, though, when I was Googling it this morning uh, so that I would have some of the facts for you guys, um, it said I saw the announcement on Google that Elizabeth Shue would be playing her um, kind of agent, marketer, image consultant. And I was like, oh, my God, that was Elizabeth Shue? What has she done to herself? I did not even recognize her. But then, no, Lee, and I poked around a little bit more. Apparently, she got replaced somewhere in the process. It was was Allie Larder. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that would be a big difference. That would be a big difference. (laughs) But imagine if you looked at Allie Larder for an hour, and then you read that it was Elizabeth Shue, you would be mystified. So I have no idea what happened to Elizabeth Shue. (laughs) But but it's Allie Larder. So... um, But just the possibility, because you live in a town where you could totally transform yourself. (laughs) Yes. So it was possible that that Elizabeth Shue could have transformed herself into Allie Larder. It was. It was a dark possibility, Julie, that I was entertaining, mainly because another pilot I saw on Friday, which I liked a lot, was The Exorcist. But one of the most horrifying things about The Exorcist, I'm sad to say is what Gina Davis has done to her face. Um, It was really hard to look at. And I admire her so much. And I just think she's done so many interesting things in the world and about women and culture and women on television and how they're represented. But it was... um, that was so. I had that in my mind. I was like, "Oh my God, has Elizabeth Shue <laughs> gone down the same route? What is happening to these women?" But no, I, I'm happy to say that it was uh, it was Allie Larder, 
and uh, she's like the super slick, bossy agent consultant type who has uh, sparks with Mr. Kelly Ripa. So, you know, Mark Consuelos and Ellie Larder. Kind oh, of, there you go. Yeah. So um, anyway, this is coming in the fall. Just putting it out there, people. You might want to might want to give this a try. I actually thought it was uh, it was a lot of fun and emotional, and I hope it has staying power. I hope she can, you know, go the whole nine innings or whatever. <laughs> it, could, well, it could be if it's a drama. It could end up like a Friday Night Lights type of thing, you know, yeah. where it's really like a character piece, even though it's set in the world of sports. It's not really about sports. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I, said, I say that should, having Ian, they should hire you to promote the show. I think, <laughs> I think you're doing a good job. It's like if they got their own show on network television, moved up. I really can't help them. <laughs> so, but it looks good. Uh, you know what? There have been so many movies set in the world of baseball, but really not too many, ba- not too many TV shows. Yeah, I mean, I know it's expensive to shoot stuff like that. That's probably why. But still, great. Looks good, Liz. Good preview. Okay. That's a little, uh, and then, you know, next week I'll be just watching TV all week, as I said. So I'll have more, more reports on <laughs> all the rest of the studios. But I, this one I just wanted to, like, say pay, pay attention to this one because way better than expected. And it's the kind of thing that you would like to see at work. Because it's a, it's an interesting story to explore what that would really be like for the person, what that would be like for the team, and what that would be like for our culture you know, in the, in the larger sense. So there you have it. That's my, that's my mini TV report, Julie. Good, good. Well, I have an alert for you, uh, entertainment alert for you sisters as well. Um, not as dramatic or as news breaking as what Liz just told us, but my husband and I did go see the new movie, nice guys. This is the movie with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Oh, I saw that trailer last week. That looks hilarious. It is was without a doubt one of the worst movies we have we have ever seen it's really excessive, it's excessively violent not the least bit funny maybe one i went haha at one point <laughs> and, and a two and a half hour movie poorly acted weak script sad themes we came out of this movie we we were but it was just because it got pretty good reviews i mean and, and right. so that's we thought we weren't looking for, we knew it wasn't going to be like the greatest movie we've ever seen, but we thought it would be solid Saturday night fair, that we would be able to go to this movie, enjoy it. We both came out, we were both so like down and depressed that we came home and we thought we, we had to watch another movie, <laughs> like a whole movie to get all the terrible images and scenes and problems with nice guys out of our heads. So we watched Melissa McCarthy's Spy. That is so oh gosh, funny. that is funny movie. It, it, that is just, I love that. A, that is a movie that just keeps on giving. I didn't realize I had forgotten that she won the Golden Globe Award for the uh, for uh, her role in Spy. Did you know oh. that? I didn't yeah, I forgotten that. that I too. just yeah, I just watched it on HBO a couple weeks ago. For months, I tried to get my family to watch Spy with me, and no one would do it. So I just watched it by myself, and I super enjoyed that movie. It Loved is it. A, a delightful movie. Yeah. And because of that, it was like a tonic coming over us that <laughs> we just, we really could not. I mean, there was no way we were going to be able to, like, you know, go to bed or, you know, or rest or relax after seeing Nice Guys. It's a terror. It, they are not, it's it just. It, w- it was a horrible movie. That's my. How ca- that's I am surprised, Julie, because I assume with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, how far wrong could you go? Right. 
But I thought it was just going to be like a buddy movie. There would be some laughs. No, they went really, really wrong. They're just terrible. And Ryan, oh, Ryan Gosling is terrible in this movie. <laughs> terrible. So, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. say that. It's an awful movie. Okay. Well, as long well, as you I'm, bring I'm, up. Oh, go ahead, Leanne. I'm glad at least this time you saw it because many times on Satellite Sisters, you just dismiss things you have not seen or read. I know, based yeah. on the trailers. Yeah. But I actually saw this movie. Yeah. So do so not. That's good. Well, not it's funny that you bring up Melissa McCarthy because um, I am really looking forward to seeing the new Ghostbuster. I don't know about you guys, but I think that's another one where how can you go wrong with that cast in Ghostbuster? And it comes out July 15th. And I have already circled the date on my calendar uh, to see Ghostbuster. But I am shocked at the level of Ghostbuster backlash that is already out there in life and on the Internet. Have have you seen this? Like, people no, just no. seem... Really? Oh, it's... I, in, it, it's bad. I mean, people feel the need to declare, I am not going to the movie. Like, people, you think, well, why do we even care if you're not going to the movie? Like, it's just Ghostbusters. It's not It's not like they're reworking, I don't know, King Lear with the female lead. It's Ghostbusters. It's Ghostbusters. It was a funny movie because four comedians were in the roles, not because four men were in the roles. <laughs> Oh, my God. They're, oh, Julie, well, I won't even encourage you to go look on the Internet because some of the language people are using about this movie is really shocking. But here's one of the, the lighter things I saw uh, on Facebook today. Uh, someone posted that they are vandalizing a pop culture franchise to promote their feminist agenda. That's what, oh. that's what oh. Ghostbusters is, apparently, Julie. Oh. Come on. It's Melissa McCarthy as a Ghostbuster. I, I mean, she is one of the most gifted comedians. She is so funny, and uh, and I'm sure she's going to be great in the uh, in the role. I was planning for. I was probably going to see the movie. Liz, now I'm going to make a point of going to see the movie. That's what I wanted to suggest to the sisterhood. Yes, I, I just think it's. You know, I don't understand why people are so sensitive about a movie remake when half the movies out there are, are, so either, are either remakes. They're like or, nice guys. Yes. Right, are like nice guys. Or, yes. or they're remakes or sequels. So yeah. this is a, a remake with a different twist of a totally funny movie. And it's being remade by Paul Feig, Feig, however you pronounce his name. Feig, yeah. Feig, who made, didn't he do Spy too, Leon? Yes, and, he did Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids and Spy. Yeah. 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 So, oh, right. It was Bridesmaids and, and The Heat, which were both yeah. super funny. And yeah. so That was a funny movie, too. The Heat. the Heat was a very funny movie. So I just don't know how far wrong you could go with this. And I, I'm, so, yeah, July 15, circled the date, people. Um, people were posting things like, my childhood is now ruined. This is an abomination. I mean... The kind of passion that they normally save for, you know, a, an installment of Star Wars is mm-hmm. now being directed in an almost entirely negative sense about Ghostbuster well before it's come out. Just because yeah. it's, anyway, so uh, July 15th. And Julie, of course, for your husband, uh, I'm sure he'll enjoy Ghostbuster because he's that kind of guy. But mm-hmm. you must have mm-hmm. seen if you went to the movies last night, the trailer for the new Jason Board movie, which comes July 29th. Leanne uh, and Liz, that was the only positive thing. As we we were trying to be positive as we were driving home, and we said, "Well, at least we saw the trailer the for the board, board movie." Which yeah. is that fantastic. Was, that yeah. was it. 
That was the only good thing that we saw in the two and a half hours we spent in the theater. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I girls, that. I know. We were sitting at dinner before a movie. Of course, my husband refuses to pick one before we go. It makes me crazy. And he looked and goes, hopefully, is the newborn movie out? I was like, no. Okay. <laughs> we have to wait a couple of months. Pick something else from the list of 800 movies I just read. <laughs> If the porn movie was out, we would be going, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, moving on from arts and entertainment, I saw um, a piece in the New York Times today in the business section, and it reminded me of a phrase that our mother used to say all the time, you make your own good luck, right? Mm-hmm. Remember that yes. she always used to say to us, mainly when it came to Liz, because it's more <laughs> you, Julie, when you guys kept getting opportunities at work and at colleges and things like that. And she would always say, well, you make your own good luck. And I always believed in that. There is a truth to sort of being in the right place at the right time, but that you're ready to be in the right place at the right Mm -hmm. time. You've done all the work to get there and put yourself in the right spot. So when opportunity knocks, you can answer the door, right? Right. And you you hear the knock. Yeah. And you hear the knocks. It's a lot of cliches, but I thought it was all true. But apparently not, you guys. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) First of all, there's a new book out by an economist. Um, His name is... Let me find it. Robert Frank, okay? And he's an economics professor at Cornell. And he's written a new book called Success and Luck, Good Fortune and the Myth of Meritocracy. Okay? So sometimes you don't make your own good luck is really the point of his book. Sometimes it is just luck. And it has to do with things you might not expect. And I'll post a link to this on our Facebook page because the article is pretty interesting and goes into a lot of different areas. But, you know, first of all, one piece of luck you have no control over the day you were born, okay, your birth date has an enormous impact on your future life. According to a 2008, How? okay. How is that possible? In, if you're born in the summer, Liz, you are out of luck, okay? Really? And, hey, uh, I have a summer birthday. I don't feel that way, Lynn, but why am I out of luck? What did okay. I miss out on? According to a 2008 study, uh, most children born in the summer tend to be among the youngest members of their class which significantly reduces their leadership positions in class over the course of their education. Well, right? that was not true of Julie, okay. ever, ever. Okay. But and as a September saying, birthday, I would say not so much with me either. But okay, go on, Leanne. Let's see what yeah, else uh, does Robert Frank has to say. Just a 2008 study. Okay. okay? Right. There you go. 2008. Uh, the number of chief executives who were born in June and July almost one-third lower than would be expected. That's so there is. Yeah. Having a June boy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Also, uh, how about the first letter of a person's last name can explain significant achievement gaps. If you're born in the first letters of the alphabet, your last name, D, Dolan, first 12 or 15 letters, you have much better, quote, luck than your colleagues born at the end of the alphabet. Simple things like uh, perhaps you're in academics and you've co-authored a paper. Well, the guy whose last name is Babcock is going to show up before your last name of Zeidler. Something like that can make a huge difference in your uh, in your career and your trajectory. So there you go. And also all kinds of studies on that. And then the other thing uh, is good luck is uh, your parents, basically. <laughs> like what economic strata you're born into? Huge, mm-hmm. huge impact yeah. on your future sure. career. And that is just really luck for you. So there you go. Your date, birth date, 
the day of your last name and, you know, the economic situation of your parents. All luck has nothing to do with how prepared you are, or how talented you are, or how, you know, meritous you might be. So, so, all, so all this hard work has been a complete waste of time? Is that what you're well, telling me, Leah? Uh, no, I'm <laughs> At just this point in my career... What? You're born in September. Your last name is Dolan. And, you know, you had two parents born in America yeah. or you were born in America to, you know, parents who uh, into a stable home. So there you go. Yeah. So that that had a huge impact on you that you didn't even know. But the last name thing was interesting to me because I see it with my sons. Their last name starts with T. You know, they have my husband's difficult German name. I feel like they do get left out of stuff. You know, really? they're, they're, because teachers are always in, certainly in primary grades, it's alphabetical order. Yeah. So you're always at the top of the heap if you've got a last name D, you know, you're yeah. at the beginning, you know. But if you're down at the end, that's, you know. Yeah, it is kind of funny to see. You're sort of called last, you know, when people are, you know, you're, you do your oral reports when everyone's tired and sick and doesn't want to hear any more oral reports and things like that. I don't know. I think it does have a weird impact on sort of a, a advancement and achievement. And certainly I have a June boy. He was always the youngest in his class. He was not a leader, you know, and for a long time. So I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm going to go read go. that story. I think I might just have to throw in the towel on all this hard work and just <laughs> coast. No, I'm saying just go, you... coast on my name that begins with D. I'm just going with that from now on. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a D. What, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Um, okay. Oh, and then I have some gap year tips for Malia. All right. Uh, I'm getting another article out here. All right. I saw this article in Sunset Magazine. And first I thought, this just sounds like a fun thing to do. And then I thought, this sounds like a really fun thing for Malia to do for her gap year. Or anybody who's taking some time off. Here are two guys. They quit their jobs. And they're going to all 59 national parks in 59 weeks. Oh. <laughs> That Doesn't sounds that sound- like a very good thing to do. Yeah. I think that will be interest. Uh, that would what that would be a great experience. Such a wealth of knowledge. You'd see some. Uh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. I yeah. thought you were about to say National League ballparks, Leanne, because no. I know people that have done that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, national parks not even that ambitious yeah. anymore. Is mm-hmm. that such a thing going to all the National League ballparks? Mm-hmm. But all fifty nine parks. I mean, that's a lot of parks. Uh, to, and they set the time frame of 59 weeks. So they're really on the move. They're driving across country. They're documenting this whole trip. You can follow the hashtag 59 in 59. Very catchy there. And they've already had fantastic experiences. They've covered the West as far as this uh, article was concerned. And then I checked up on them today. They're in Mesa Verde National Park in Arizona. And they're moving east uh, as they go. But it just looks like a really fun thing to do. And I can see, like, that's a worthwhile year off. You would only benefit from that. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be kind not relatively cheap because you're camping. Uh, and you just see all of America in a really interesting way. And a lot of fantastic um, a lot of fantastic animals along the way. So, but they had, they had a couple of tips at the end of the article. And one just totally made me laugh. Tips like... You know, the websites are good, but if you really want up-to-date weather information, call the park themselves. You know, put your matches in uh, plastic bags and hide them in a different – put them in different places so they don't all get wet. But this was one – I think this is a tip that every child can take to college or every young adult should listen to. Avoid doing dishes. Put a tortilla in your bowl and put your food over it. That way, your dish stays clean. 
You're right. That's college material advice. That's yeah. That's good. There's nothing better than ramen noodles on a tortilla, Leon. I mean, that just made me. I was like, I might start doing that at home. Here you go, all food from now on served on a tortilla. And then you just put your plate back in the on the shelf. Yeah, just just wipe it. Wipe it. Put it back. Wipe it. Yeah, take that dirty dish towel and wipe it out a little. Yeah. Just. Oh, oh guys, oh. they're funny. But I, I think Malia could really benefit. Get a friend. 59 and 59, you really lose yourself in the back country. She kind of disappear. Yeah, Doesn't... except for that Secret Service entourage. Secret. Well, they'd be good to protect her from the bears. That's yeah. I, I think that, that would be helpful. Have yeah. them make the fire. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, okay, test. well, it's interesting you mentioned the Obamas because uh, this is the week, Lee, and you've probably noticed this already on the news, like all of the presidential candidates are going to be in California this week. And uh, so I feel like unless you want to get hit in the face with a chair, you should just stay in. (laughs) That's my plan. I'm just going to stay in. I'm not even watching it on the news anymore. Um, But the Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, uh, all uh, in California over the next week because our primary is coming up on the the 7th of June. But so they're here for big rallies and they're here. Normally, we only get candidates for fundraisers. They just come to California. They take our money and then they go spend it uh, on you, Ohio. Um, (laughs) It's true. It's true. We have entire presidents that never could hold presidencies went by. They never came to California after they won. They never came back. (laughs) So it's kind of exciting that we finally get some attention. Yeah. The atten- the, the, just a modicum of the attention that Iowa or New Hampshire gets. Yeah. Just well, it's for the, the, the largest... primaries are still going on, that it, wa- it wasn't right. all wrapped up by yeah. New right. Hampshire. Yeah, that doesn't right. seem fair. Yeah. Right. So, so it's well, ex- really, go wild. I mean, you California girls, just go wild there. <laughs> just vote away. It's ex- exciting slash dangerous. So uh, <laughs> so that's that's the big news throughout the state. But the big news here where I live in uh, Santa Monica, California, uh, it's hard to imagine, but the biggest story on the news since Friday was the opening of our new public transit system, Julie. The, the expo line is here. You can now go from downtown Los Angeles to the beach to the Pacific Ocean on the brand new beautiful expo line. So just like a real city, we now have public tra- – I mean, we've had public transportation in various forms, but this is – it's like 60 years ago, they destroyed the streetcar that went from downtown. It actually went from Pasadena, I think, Leah. Yeah. Originally, yeah. the streetcar went from Pasadena through downtown out to the Pacific Ocean in Santa Monica. Friday, it's back. It's back. And they're having parties at each of the stations. And people who I'm sure will never use it are super excited about the, uh, <laughs> the, the launch of this. I think I might do a little partying on the expo line this afternoon, as a matter of fact. So that's... Um, well, that sounds good. I mean, because for people who don't live in California, to get from downtown uh, to Santa Monica or to the beach, that could take anywhere from... 35 minutes to like three hours, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's, yes. that's the thing. So mm-hmm. if you knew that you could jump on this expo line, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, and Santa Monica has all these new bikes, too. So you can get off all these Expo Line uh, stations, and then they have the rentable bikes right there. So you could really be having some fun in Santa Monica, California, uh, this summer if you were if you were around. And I know a lot of people in L.A. 
I'm surprised how many people I know that never come out to the ocean or just like maybe once a year they make the trek. So I'm hoping maybe a fun ride on a train, pick up a bike. Look, it would be good to see people enjoying uh, our beautiful coastline a little bit more. But so that's the news. It is exciting. It did surprise me that 60 years it's taken them to put, you know, public transportation back to the beach. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which is one of the major features of this city. Yes. The beach. The thing that's not connected yet, though, it, another major feature of the city is yeah. the airport. And <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that would be good. I think that line is going to be done in like five or six years or something. Yeah, they're uh, trying, but it's just, it's crazy. No, I, I, we're excited out here because it does mean you can stick your teenagers on the, on the gold line. They can take it all the way out to the beach, which, you know, because it does take forever to to, to, to drive a car. So I think it's very exciting. I think it's going to open up access to the beach to lots of people who don't have cars and wouldn't have a chance to go there and never get out of their neighborhoods. It opens exactly. up a lot of access to people like that. That's what public transportation is for, access, right. and happy to have it. Very, right. very supportive. All right. Thumbs up. All right. That's a good, good report. Good report. Well, you know, usually I do trends on Tuesday, but I have been reading about something and this subject is so big. I felt like I really needed to talk about it today on a Sunday. And that is the next big trend in everything you do or think or be or or act is sleep. Okay. Uh, Because you you know, this, this is the new trend. Mm -hmm. Um, Ariana Huffington has a new book that has come out called The Sleep Revolution, Transforming Your Life One Night at a Time. And she is making all kinds of headlines with this book and the book tour because she has claimed that sleep deprivation is the new smoking. That she lived in a world, uh, she lived in a world where I think it was, you know, people value you or it was thought of very positively if you only slept two hours a night or three hours a night. Doesn't Martha Stewart, she only sleeps yeah. like four hours a night. And, you know, that people make a big deal about, you know, sending emails in the middle of the night and texting and, and uh, just being available 24-7 and, you know, operating uh, from a point of just of, of constant sleep deprivation. But for our and Huffington, she sort of had a reality check because she actually collapsed of, from exhaustion several years ago. And so she's really gotten into, you know, adding, making sure that she gets sleep in her life. And that, you she know, has- Julie, we were, Malian and I both remember when that happened because she was booked on Satellite Sisters the week that happened. She showed up in our studio. We were at the ABC studios in Burbank doing Satellite Sisters on ABC radio she walked into our studio and we gasped because one whole side of her face was black and blue. Do you remember that, Liam? Yes, I do now that you mentioned that. Yes. Liz. And I, that had, was, I remember her being in the studio, but I had forgotten that. She was all black and blue so because it was that weekend. So this is the episode that she's been talking about everywhere, that she just right. collapsed from exhaustion. And we saw her that week. And, yeah, she looked like she had really injured herself just by uh, during that collapse. Right. I mean, so she is she is a strong a proponent. She is trying to create a sleep revolution. Hashtag sleep re- revolution. You can go there. <laughs> but I mean, but that she is, you know, that it's many of the things that we've heard before about creating a ritual in the evening. She does it by 
taking a long bath with a lot of candlelight, blah, blah, blah. But she, you know, but she's very, you know, uh, very certain that you should not have electronics in your bedroom, that you should get an old fashioned alarm clock. So you can't even use the excuse, well, I need to know what time it is. And the only clock I have is on my phone. No, she's like, go to Target, get yourself an old fashioned alarm, alarm clock. And she said that we really need to stop thinking of sleep as some as something that is interfering with your to-do list that you need to get your sleep because it does well sleep deprivation the um obviously increases the risk of diabetes heart attack stroke obesity and alzheimers and so and that it that people who are chronically sleep deprived you know, they have the, you have the inability to process information. You're more likely to have mood swings and anger outbursts. So that this, this is key. So this is, she's on that, she's on this um, very big campaign to get us to think about sleep differently in the same way that we used to think smoking was okay. And then we, you know, we now know that smoking is harmful. She believes that sleep deprivation is really harmful. Well, that is all good, but it's also been taken up in in the areas of fashion and art and culture. That if you look at some of the fashion designs coming out of by you know some of the big design houses, Chanel, Alexander McQueen, Celine, Celine, they're all showing people in pajamas and like really? slips <laughs> and slippers. Well, that's a oh, good development. Yeah. So this is it. This is you know the and that. You know, the, the major art installations that are focused on, there's one that was focused on the installation of of nightgowns. That's the whole art art piece, you know, so that this so you're seeing people really focused on the act of sleeping and everything associated with sleeping in the same way. New York Times style um, section today had uh, had a big article about about bedding and that, you know, how you need to get, you know, these special sheets and special pillows and special pajamas and special night shirts. And so there's a whole industry of people uh, making things that will help you sleep in a much, you know, more luxurious way. So sleep is the new thing, sisters. You mm. just have to get into it. Okay. Mm. That's have you okay. changed any of your sleep habits, Julie? Uh, no, no, I haven't. I, I, I'm just, I, I used to be a great sleeper and like many, many women my age, something happens and then you stop sleeping. Yeah. And it is one of the very, very, cru- that cruelest of, of things that happens as you age that you that I have interrupted sleep. So yeah. I would like to sleep better, but, um, I'm not going to buy thousand dollar sheets. So there you have it. Hmm. <laughs> You know, yeah, like like you, I used to sleep really well, and now I don't so much anymore. But this week, for the first time in a long time, I was in a hotel, of course, because I was traveling. I was I was in New York, and I found myself walking in my sleep, like oh Liz, out into the hallway of the hotel. oh Liz. And Luckily, I kind of woke up before the door shut behind me or something. But you know, I used to walk in my sleep when I was a kid. But yes. I feel like it's been a long time since I've done that. And but how do I know? I live alone. Maybe I do it every night. I, I don't know. Ask Ferris. What is Ferris? I'm going to have to put up like a nanny cam of myself yeah. and then check the footage every morning to see if I stayed in bed all night. 
But I actually did find myself walking in my sleep the other night, and that's the first time in a very long time that that has happened. That's so. scary, Liz. So what are you going to do? Put a like a chair by the bed? Because that's what we used to do when you were little. Mom would put a chair, a chair by, by the bed, bed yeah. right? Yeah. Which seems like pointless. Not what that effective. Exactly. Yeah. Because you can when if you're walking in your sleep, you can pretty much do anything you can do when you're awake, including moving the chair. Uh, but anyway, or I don't you're know. just going to fall and break your hip if you do that now. Like- oh God! Oh, that's so depressing. Yeah, but I have done things like I no longer watch TV in my bedroom and a few things like yeah. that. But yeah. um, hmm, I, very interesting. I yeah, sleep. Okay, is, sleep. Sleep. Is so sleep excellent. Re- yes. Yeah. And Liz, for you, who travel so much and change so many uh, time zones. You really have to embrace the sleep revol- yeah. revolution. There we go. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, other story, other story I wanted to mention. I know that uh, we all we were all looking at it. Uh, you know, this is in a you know this is the time of year. There are a lot of weddings going on, and there was an interesting article in the New York Times about calling off weddings and what is the protocol associated with what are you supposed to do if you've planned a wedding and then for whatever reason you decide to back out of it. And this, according to a 2013 study. Uh, by the wedding report, which I don't know what that authority it is, but they say approximately 13% of engagements uh, don't end in marriage. You know, so that this happens all the time. But that what surprised di- me that number 13%. That seems you know, low to you, or did no, you- no, it seemed high. You know, I guess, yeah. I mean, that's that that seemed high to me. Okay, well, but but now the now when people get engaged, it's not like you get engaged and then there's you know there's there's nothing going on in in the age of social media. Sort of every aspect of the engagement, and then you know the engagement period, picking out bridal dresses, picking out uh, bridesmaids dresses, you know, registering. There is this constant flow of information from the engaged couple to their friends and family. So there's almost, you know, there's sort of a bigger, bigger buildup associated with getting married. So the idea that you would like back out of it, you know, makes it probably even more, you know, more difficult because, um, because other people have been following along all the way. I mean, and then there is, are, there are the financial considerations. I mean, as we have discussed on numerous times on Satellite Sisters, the cost of weddings is substantial and that many people, as they're going, getting ready for the wedding, they've put down you know, deposits for the florist, for the, for where the hall where they're getting married, uh, for, you know, for the, uh, caterer and all, a lot of these are non-refundable. So it's a, it's a big decision, financial Mm -hmm. decision in some cases to back out of a wedding. Um, yeah, in the uh, story I noticed it, it says, uh, the 90 day mark is a crucial turning point. Because that's when many reception spaces and wedding planners require a 50% of their fee. Right. And so right. they have a, a quote here from a San Diego um, wedding planner who said she, she had a couple cancel 91 days before their wedding. <laughs> and they obviously knew, do or die, we have to decide today, are we going to do this or not? And the answer was not. Yeah, I know. And, and there could be many, you know, many fine reasons, but... 
But so how do you communicate that? In some, you know, in the article it said it, it was talking about one case where they, they decided not to get married. And so the parents of the bride um, assisted the bride in notifying family and friends that the wedding wasn't going on. But in other cases, because perhaps, you know, a save the date card has gone out to, you know, a large group of people of family and friends that people have actually sent out postcards informing guests that the wedding wasn't, isn't going to go forward, or they'll put up a notice on Facebook that they have decided not to get married. So, um, that must be hard to do. It must be really hard to do. Yeah. It's it's such a steamroller. Once the engagement's announced, as you said, Mm -hmm. that it must be really hard to pull the plug. Right. So I, I admire people that do, I wouldn't think worse of people that do that. No, not at all. Yeah. But it, it is, but the pressure to make the right decision when you know, that, you know, you're going to be, let's say you decide to back out of the wedding and you cannot get, you know, get a refund um, for, for all these deposits, you could be out, you know, twenty thirty thousand $30,000. Yeah. So it's a very painful and expensive decision uh, to be made. Hmm. Now, they, you know, they, in this article, they give you tips to ease the pain. And, you know, one of the tips is like elope, okay? <laughs> that just don't make a big deal about it. Like if you keep your wedding low key, think small, does everything have to go on the internet? You know, they, they're, they're generally saying like if you, if you, during the engagement period, which they recommend keeping it shorter, not longer, if you have sort of a more low key, sort of quiet, uh, profile, then it gives the couple, you know, if for some reason they don't want to, you know, get married, at least it is not the same as, you know, the couple that where they've really had been out there in terms of their social media presence and communication and returning gifts, returning cash gifts. I mean, it, it's, it's very complicated and, uh, and a difficult process. Wow. Well, okay. But it's, I mean, but divorce is worse. So, I mean, I guess that's, that's for sure. Yeah, but so you never know if you're nervous about getting married or about being married, you know, like, is it the yeah. wedding that is freaking you out or is it the marriage that is freaking you out? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I think, you know, don't you? I mean, I don't know. It was, it's all a blur now. I can't recall. <laughs> well, you married someone you well, didn't Well, you obviously know. went through with it, so yeah. that worked out okay. <laughs> but my friends who were divorced said, I have one friend who said, I knew walking down the aisle, I should not marry the guy. It really? was just, yeah, yeah, really, you know, and I believe her when she says that. I believe her when she says that. So yeah. I think you kind of know. All right. Other life achievements this week. Uh, my younger son, Colin, is graduating from high school. So that's it. You know, two kids to all the way through. That's and it. I, that's that's it. it. You're done. You're done being a mom. <laughs> totally done. Well, I'm just saying like the day to day aspect for me is, you know, is winding down. It's winding down and the tears are cranking up. Yesterday, I had to go to the florist to get a wristlet for his prom date. He went to his prom. Now he was going to the girls' school prom. And I literally just started crying in the car on the way to pick up the wristlet. I mean, it's just a lot of um, intermittent crying and then sporadic sobbing is what I'm (laughs) looking forward to over the next week. You know, it's a a big deal graduating from high school, that they made it and 
that, you know, I just keep saying that was such a fast 18 years. I mean, that was a fast 18 years. So uh, it's just kind of extraordinary. I can't I can't believe it. I can't believe that that time has gone by so quickly. So I have seen all the graduation photos out there. A lot of people with kids graduated from college, high school. I, I, I understand you. I get you. Let's just agree to, you know, not ask each other about it. So we won't cry. Like yesterday <laughs> I was walking around the Rose Bowl with my friend Susan and we both started to cry thinking about our sons graduating. Aww. She got choked Aww. up. I got choked up. So I'm going to see if I can make it through this week. But I think it's all good, Leanne. That's, you know, my, I, I think you should cry as much as you want to cry, Leanne. Yeah. You should just uh, totally enjoy it. Don't worry, you know, and you should yell and scream at the graduation. This is your time for your child, and you do it. And uh, I think I think everyone should do it. Julie, you, know? you wrote about this in our first book, right. Satellite I Sisters did. on Common Senses. There's a whole piece from you about high school graduations, so now parents should just let it all hang out. Yeah, this is it. You know, I mean, it's really the three of you are graduating this week, right, Lynn? It's not yeah. just Colin. It's you and your husband as well. It's you. You have you have True. been through a lot. You have all you've navigated a lot of different things along the way. And you all deserve this day and you experience it however you want to experience Thank it. You, yeah. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Your son may not agree with that, uh, but... He's but fine. I, I, I think, agree with Julie. Yeah. Is he emotional about it at all? Yeah. I, I mean, I think he's, yeah, I think he's relieved. He's ready. He is ready to graduate. That is for sure. He is ready to move on to the next part of his life. Not well, that that's a good thing. That's a good years. thing. Lane. But so I think he's ready to do it. Yeah. He's not, he's not overly sentimental about it. Um, you know, he was saying some of the girls uh, that he knows at the girls' school, it's like, oh, no, we, we're we singing our last, the last time our senior class is going to be having frozen yogurt together. The last time we're singing the alma mater together. The <laughs> last, and they don't really have all those rituals at a boys' school, but it's still, uh, it's still emotional for him, I think. We're all ready. We're all okay. ready. Well, so, that's nice. Have. Well, one other, one other occasion, and I know we got to wrap it up here, is next week. I need a little bit of advice because next weekend I am going to a 50th birthday party for my friend Vacher, who hosted my 50th birthday party. And so I feel like the stakes are high that I need to over deliver somehow. Not so much in an actual gift, like whatever, but that I need to do something super special at her party because, you know, she made my birthday so special. And I cannot, for the life of me, think of something that would really be memorable. I don't know. You guys have any thoughts? Really? You're the marketer. You can't think of one thing? (laughs) I guess. Come on, Liz. Come on. (laughs) Or, Or, you know, here's the other thing. 50 things. Fifty of something is a good gift, you know? Oh, well, actually, I did that once when my friend uh, Chris Van Dyke had a major birthday. I I think it was his 50th. I gave him 50 uh, scratch-off lottery cards. Yeah, okay, (laughs) something something like that. I think, Liz, that a a good toast would be expected of you, uh, but I think you've got to take it to the next level. So I think you've got to write a poem. Or uh-huh. a song, a ditty or a song. Okay. I think you got to really step up your performance and uh, and just go for it. You know, I think that's I true. Think I th- you need to t- 
to take advantage of the fact that you run a huge corporate marketing department <laughs> and all the all the things that Photoshop can do these days, it would be fun. Remember okay. your 50th birthday party, your Ryan uh, and Dexter did the great series of fake headlines about you Those caught in a scandal. So funny. Yes. Yeah. I, so I, I still have those framed in my room, the the fake headlines they gave me, uh, you know, sort of, there was a me, Brad Pitt scandal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was good. So you have, you have people with Photoshop just, I'm sure, doing nothing at your office yeah. this week. Well, we're sure watching, we're watching TV all week. People are too busy for Photoshop. But that's a good thought, Leanne, a little bit of art direction. I think, yeah. that, I think the key is that it needs to show advanced preparation yes. and effort yes. not yes, that you're right. not that you're winging it at the last minute exactly you, yes. that's why you can't just do a toast unless yeah. yes. it has to be it has to be a song or a poem yeah that's good yeah. you know it's funny though because now like the now you have loads of pictures of your life because everybody has phones with them all the time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but you know we've known each other she and i for like 25 years and you don't have any photos of those early days of being friends because people didn't have phones. We didn't, we didn't ever take pictures of ourselves. There's no right. <laughs> group activity photos of all of the fun things we did together when we first got to know each other. So that's hard. You want to put together like the, the movie film version of your friendship, but I, I got nothing. So, well, that's where Photoshop helps. It's just, just fake it. Just you, right. You can fake it. Oh, here we are at the Olympics. Oh, here we are at this. Here we are at that. You don't need, you don't need to have actually been there anymore. Okay. Just get a good Photoshop okay. operator. So effort, advanced planning, yeah. and Photoshop, Liz. There you go. And 50, 50 things. Okay. 50 of something. Okay. I got it. Um, well, there you have it. There's a, there's a full show. Oh, because we've been mentioning all these special occasions, I want to remind you we're having a contest. The Satellite Sisters You're the Best contest is going on right now. And we want you to post your photos of graduations, weddings, the ones that go forward, uh, birthday parties. If you're taking a, if it's a book club event together or a cruise together, there have been some good ones. We want you to post your photos of you and uh, your satellite sisters having uh, your own celebrations that happen this time of year. You can post them in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group or on in your own Instagram feed and just use the hashtag SatSistersYTB. And uh, at the end of every month, so we're coming up to the end of May here, uh, we will, one from Facebook, one from Instagram, you will get a copy of our book, Satellite Sisters, You Are the Best, A Celebration of Friendship. So it's that time of year where there are many celebrations, and we love seeing all of your photos from all of the above. So, um, so go ahead and do that, and we will look forward to... And it's a random drawing, not a competition. All celebrations with your friends are good. So random drawing at the end of May and then <laughs> June. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no judgment here about how you celebrate. Uh, anything else going on, you guys? What is, yeah, I think that's it, Liz. Okay, everybody has a big week, so all right, enjoy yourselves. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs>